This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. For NPR Music, you're connected to All Songs Considered. I'm Bob Boylan. Ah, the sounds of birds. <laughs> when the pandemic first hit, Randall Poster, a New York City resident, noticed not only the hush of the city, but became hyper-aware of the birds in his neighborhood. I have a, a colleague who I've worked with over the years named Rebecca Reagan, who is a pretty active conservationist, environmentalist. And we were talking about it, and she said, well, I have this idea that I'm calling for the birds where we would invite artists, musicians to create music built around birdsong to celebrate the joys and the beauty in birdsong and by drawing attention to it would also make people aware of the various crises facing bird life. And so Randall Poster, a music supervisor for filmmakers including Wes Anderson and Martin Scorsese, began to reach out to the various artists in his musical world to see if there was interest in creating songs and audio based around birds. Their project, For the Birds, The Bird Song Project, is a collection of 242 original songs and poems about birds by artists from all walks of life, including Laurie Anderson, John Cale, Alice Coltrane, Cassandra Jenkins, Yo-Yo Ma, Nick Zinner, Beck, The Flaming Lips, Terry Riley, and of course, Andrew Bird and Jeff Tweedy. I begin the conversation with Randall Poster, wondering about the first recordings he received. You know, I, I figured starting out that film composers would be a good place to start because generally they have home studios they tend to be able to be responsive to sort of abstract notions or inspirationals. The first track that we got in was by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, four days after we asked for it. Awesome. Let me play a little bit of uh, Nick Cave, Warren Ellis, a song called Wood Dove. Do you remember uh, your reaction when you 
when you heard yeah this. i mean i i i i kind of lost my mind i mean we it, it not only did it arrive in four days but it's also you know it's a proper nick cave song and you know the story went or the story i was told is that like warren had recorded this track and had been in the fields with the birds and and nick actually recorded his vocal on an iPhone in a taxi on his way from Brighton to London. <laughs> so I can only imagine what the what the, what the what the cab driver was thinking, but I was knocked out and 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 immediately understood that this was something that we were really going to succeed in rallying the community around. So delicate and and just so beautiful. In that sort of same world of creators who I can think of that is in this 200-and-something artists uh, on these five discs. Uh, is uh, is the artist known as Squirrel? That's Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, and, Jim Jarmusch uh, and Carter Logan. And Jim, who, uh, who had been living in the Catskills, um, has become a real avid bird watcher, bird listener. And really it was so funny is that when we got the track listing for the album credits... It was about 14 birds. And, you know, he told me that he had, like, gotten up at dawn to make sure that he got all the birds <laughs> that he wanted to. And, again, it's just uh, Nick Cave, Jim Jarmish. I mean, they don't necessarily leave the impression of being avid nature lovers, but it really was so inspiring how immersed they became in the language of birds. That's beautiful. Let's listen to a bit of, of uh, Squirrel. It's called Don, Don Chorus. I just love, you know, I, I myself have become a, a, a lover of birds, and some of that is uh, due to COVID. I've been out in the, taking photographs of birds and, and flowers and so forth. Right. Um, so many of our lives have, have changed in that way if we are fortunate enough to not have been so damaged by COVID and all the tragedy surrounding it. Right. And to see some of the beauty surrounding it is is. Well, I thought it was very comforting is that, you know, when there was so much that was unknown, right, what we were facing or how long this was going to go on, and you'd look out the window and nature was still doing its thing, you know, and I think that that was a comfort at a time when it was very challenging to find comfort. And to your point as well is that, you know, you come to understand the sort of interconnectivity of all the natural components with, you know, plants and 
insects and birds and how all of the the beautiful ecology that that just somehow manages to go through the cycles without our interference and without our human control. And I, I found that to be very comforting and inspiring. I wish we could know what the birds thought, like all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> well, the birds, I mean, I, would, I will say is that once I had seven pieces and I used to play them over and over, with the windows open, and I could swear that the birds were coming over to hear the music, you know. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it was. It was. I think that they were both performing, and at points, I'll say that they were they were my audience as well. That's great. <laughs> I wonder if they uh, if they knew uh, that Terry Riley had done something. <laughs> I've let them little. know. I've let them know. Do you know what he's doing here? Are these uh, are these people making noises, or are they actual birds? I wasn't. Yeah, positive. they're bird. They're they're birds. Uh, Terry recorded his piece in Japan. Um, really, for me, it was again such a reinforcement of the mission. Getting Terry Riley to to participate, Lee Ronaldo, who was one of the executive producers of the collection and is a, a, a longtime friend of mine. He reached out to Terry because I kind of, I, I thought it was sort of beyond our reach and, and he lives, you know, somewhat monastically, I think. And the word we got back is absolutely, I want to do this. What I love so much about it is this sort of meditative, prayer-like quality of the piece and I think that so many of the pieces, you really can surrender to them and lose yourself to them and transcend a moment or elevate yourself. And I think that so many of us having gone through the pandemic or being in the pandemic really didn't want to go to living our lives exactly the same way we were prior. And paying attention to the birds and the bird song is, is a is a very easy way to just sort of elevate, whether it's for a minute or five minutes or 10 minutes, um, you can sort of surrender to it and and I think live a little bit more consciously. And I, I found that audiences or people we've played these songs for really do find um, a moment of peace in surrendering to the music the music that's on the, the, this collection. I love this, and particularly the, the bells that go along with it. Actually, I, I keep hearing the melody of uh, of the Beatles within you, without you, in, in, these, in the melody of these bells, but let's hear a little bit more of this. 
And for those who don't know Terry Riley, the father of minimalism and so much groundbreaking music, and uh, to use a terrible pun, he's no spring chicken. He's got to be approaching 90 or at least 87, 88 at this point. Such a brilliant thing to have him part of this collection. Thank you for saying so. One of the other things you've done on this is a lot of spoken word, a lot of uh, beautiful writings and and readings. Uh, how about if we do the Sean Penn? You want to introduce us to the Sean Penn uh, well, Birds? Well, sure, of course. Well, during the year of making this record, I was reading a lot of poetry, reading a lot, period, and drawn to, you know, uh, the use of birds and bird imagery or bird references in the work of various poets, W.S. Merwin, Jim Harrison, Mary Oliver, and thought it would be really a nice way to expand the community um, by having friends and poets and actors read some of these poems. Um, and this Jim Harrison poem and Sean's reading of it, you know, I, I, I would say it might be worth the price of admission in itself. It's just such a, a dramatic knockout. Counting Birds by Jim Harrison. As a child fresh out of the hospital with tape covering the left side of my face, I began to count birds. At age 50, the sum total is precise and astonishing, my only secret. Some men count women or cars they've owned, their shirts long-sleeved and short-sleeved or shoes, but I have my birds, excluding, of course, the extraordinary days, the 21,000 snow geese and sandhill cranes at Bosque de la Pache, the sky blinded by great frigate birds in the Pacific off Anconcito, Ecuador. The 21,000 pink flamingos in Ngorogoro Crater in Tanzania. The vast flocks of seabirds of the Seri coast of the Sea of Cortez, down in Sonora that left at nightfall. Then reappearing, resuming their exact positions at dawn. 1,000 cliff swallows nesting in the sand cliffs of Pyramid Point. Their small round burrows like eyes, really the souls of Anasazi, who flew here a thousand years ago to wait the coming of Manitou. And then there were the usual, almost deadly birds of the soul, the crow with silver harness I rode one night as if she were a black feathered angel, the birds I became to escape unfortunate circumstances, how the skin ached as feathers shot out toward the light. The thousand birds, the dogs helped me shoot to become a bird. Grouse, woodcock, duck, dove, snipe, pheasant, prairie chicken, etc. On my deathbed, I'll write a secret number on a slip of paper and pass it to my wife and two daughters. It will be a hot evening in June, and they might be glancing out the window at the thunderstorm's approach from the west. Looking past their eyes and a dead fly on the window screen, I'll wonder if there's a bird waiting for me in the onrushing clouds. Oh, birds, I'll sing to myself, you've carried me along this bloody voyage. Carry me now to that cloud into the marvel of this final night. Wow. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you you happen to be reading that, and that is uh, how that came to be, or is that something yeah. that Sean Penn picked? Yeah, no, I, I you know, in, in, in the circumstance, we have 68 poems that are read, and David Kale and John Franzen told, tell stories. And in some of the situations, you know, people that I talked to about this, they had poems in mind, and otherwise, they were open to suggestion. And so I sent this along to Sean and just felt that he would feel it and want to read it. 
One of the great storytellers uh, for me in my lifetime has always been Laurie Anderson. You know, in putting something like this together with so many artists, you could only do it when you had the help of one artist helping lead you to another artist, right? So there were artists here who I was less familiar with, who I was introduced to by other artists. Laurie Anderson is truly just a musical icon of the highest order. And I had heard that she actually lives on Long Island in a house called the Birdhouse. <laughs> and we were introduced, again, in one of those miraculous situations where this piece of music arrived. It merges music with poetry, but also with the feeling of some ancient lore. I was lucky enough a couple of weeks ago to hear her perform this live at the Birdhouse with some people that we invited over. And it feels like a voice ringing down from the ancients that she's channeling. So it's, it's really quite special. There's a story in an ancient play about birds called The Birds. And it's a short story from before the world began. From a time when there was no earth, no land. Only air and birds everywhere. But the thing was, there was no place to land because there was no land. So they just circled around and around because this was before the world began. And the sound was deafening. Songbirds were everywhere. Billions and billions and billions of birds. And one of these birds was a lark. And one day, her father died. And this was a really big problem. Because what should they do with the body? There was no place to put the body because... There was no earth. And finally, the lark had a solution. She decided to bury her father in the back of her own head. And this was the beginning of memory. Because before this, no one could remember a thing. They were just constantly flying in circles, constantly flying in huge circles. A great storyteller. <laughs> I think we could. I think we could ponder that narrative right. for the rest of our <laughs> lives. I think the memory in the back of your head. Yeah. I, I certainly notice, and I'm sure you uh, have done this, which is that in music, uh, film, whatever it might be, and you mentioned this a little bit, which is as you were reading, doing readings, how much we use the imagery of birds, the sound of birds, the songs of birds uh, in our art. Yeah, it's from, you know... from the beginning of time. I mean, from the beginning of expression, man's expression. 
uh, imitating the birds, picturing the birds. And I think, you know, Rebecca Reagan and I talk a lot about the, the, this notion that, that we are birds. You know, so many of our aspirations are, are common with the birds and all different colors and sizes and from all different regions. And yet sharing a, an ambition to build a, a safe home and uh, care for their families and finding moments to sing for pleasure or to attract a mate or for protection and warning. But also I think that, you know, in and in in certainly I guess in a metaphoric way, this, this aspiration to fly, you know, I've, I've been asked when I say that, people have said, well, what do you really mean by that? And, and I describe what I just described, but, you know, if I was a bird, I would be flying all the time. And, and, uh, and again, I think that speaks to, you know, human aspirations to, to sort of transcend and to make the most of the moment. Let's take a little break. I'm talking with Randall Poster and this new amazing collection called For the Birds, the Bird Song Project. I'm Bob Boylan, and you're listening to All Songs Considered from NPR Music. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History, from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mass Mutual. According to Calendar.com, the average person schedules just 4.5 hours per year on finances. Mass Mutual gets it. Life is busy. If you can't find time to plan your financial future, find someone who can like a mass mutual financial professional. For the last 170 years, they've helped people plan for retirement, college tuition, and any other short or long-term financial goals. Learn more at massmutual.com. It's All Songs Considered. I'm Bob Boylan. I'm talking with Randall Poster about For the Birds, the bird song project. You want to pick something for us? Yeah, there's a song that, that was made early on by a guy named... Josh Kaufman um, that he made with his with his partner Annie Nero and it just it, it it's one that I keep coming back to and um, I just think it's it's beautiful and it touches something within me that is just very um, very vulnerable I guess and it 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 makes me feel better whenever I hear it. It's called Honey in the Wild. Here we go. Seasons in your body. 
Have you gotten uh, at all good Randall's uh, identifying birds yet? Absolutely not. With the help of, the, you know, um, Cornell uh, School of Ornithology, they have an app called Merlin, which yes. is sort of the Shazam of, of <laughs> bird song. And so, it, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's a really terrific device to sometimes uh, pretend that you know what you're listening to, but otherwise I don't. I mean, one of the great joys of this, Bob, and I think you can relate by virtue of the fact that, you know, your forays now into bird watching or bird photography, there's so much to learn. Yeah. And, and, and I find that to be really exciting that, you know, here it is in my midlife uh, that, there's still, you know, I'm still um, motivated to learn and that I'm not the expert, that I'm the novitiate and that we've been lucky enough to surround ourselves with, with passionate experts and we're on this, this educational bird journey that I, I couldn't be more pleased to be on. The other thing to add to that is that <laughs> these are the things that have been around us always. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yet... Uh, for me, doing some macro photography, like looking closer at flowers and, and so forth, being out in nature where it's safe and COVID-wise, uh, I've been spending a lot of time in it. And then listening to the birds who I've always heard them, but I've never really, can't say I've quite listened to them the same way I do now. Right. I feel, I feel the same way. And I think that, I think we, you know, I mean, part of it, it's born out of, the need of our soul to to be connected to the world around us and 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 nature and to hopeful you know and to understand that we are we're part of something that's larger than us and you know we're really one of the you know on the box set which is you know 20 lps and with all original artwork and a 70 page booklet the, on the back of the box is the word Sangha, which is community. And Rebecca was very clear that that was an essential component to this undertaking was to build community. And so we always say, you're part of it. You can be part of it. And we had a lot of people say, come up to us and say, how do I become part of this artist? And said, you can be part of it. Where I thought I was going to be finishing something in a year, I'm just starting something. And we're doing bird song events all around the country in 2023 and planning 2024. And we're going to be celebrating the 100th anniversary of an organization called Bird Life in the UK. The bird song event, Jarvis Cocker and Olivia Cheney, two artists who are on the collection, are going to perform. And we're just trying to connect people and communities and we're trying to connect institutions and and the various conservation organizations and not be political, but just be joined as, you know, members of a community that wants to celebrate the joys of nature and through that take whatever action we can collectively to protect nature. That's beautiful. And, and the money uh, from this uh, goes toward different organizations. Yeah, 100% of proceeds from the sales of the music will go to the Audubon Society. And working closely with them, we're trying to support some of the different smaller organizations as well. It's, it's really our intention that we, you know, we use this to make groups that sometimes seem like they're competing to be aligned. And, and so far, it's been 
really well appreciated to, to, to bring people together, both as individuals, but also within organizations. You know, nobody wants to see birds die. It's just astounding, really, how diverse and beautiful they are. And also, you know, how incredible some of their journeys are um, in their migrations and what they have to do to survive, often now with shrinking habitats. So it feels like it's important work, but it really doesn't feel like work. It feels like life. That's really beautiful. Why don't you take us out on something that you would love us to hear? Because there's, <laughs> there's five volumes. Uh, the fourth one comes out top of September. Uh, right. And then the fifth one comes out the following month. If we go out, there's a, there's a beautiful song that Karen O performed for us. It's just so delicate and has such a beautiful naivete, yet also has um, a wonderful prayer and purpose. So... Karen made this for us. I'm so appreciative as she was really getting ready to go on the road again with, with the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. And Nick Sinner also gave us a song, but let's leave it with Karen, who I think um, puts the feeling out there that we most hope to share. Beautiful. So this is Hum, Hum, Hum. Just took a picture of a hummingbird this morning. <laughs> small world. Very small world in terms of hummingbirds. And thank right, you for this. Exactly. <laughs> thank you, Bob. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you too. Randall Poster talking about For the Birds, the Bird Song Project. The fifth and final digital installment is out September 30th. The limited edition 20 LP deluxe box set, which includes a 60 page book, including an essay from musician and ornithologist Jonathan Myberg of the band Shearwater. That'll be out in December. I'm Bob Boylan. It's all bird songs considered. Hum, 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 hummingbird Sipping something sweet Hum, 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 hummingbird Won't you have a sip with me? Support for this podcast and the following message come from Dignity Memorial. When your celebration of life is prepaid today, your family is protected tomorrow. Planning ahead is truly one of the best gifts you can give your family. For additional information, visit DignityMemorial.com.
This message comes from NPR sponsor Allianz Travel Insurance. Don't get caught without emergency medical coverage on an international trip. Learn how Allianz Travel Insurance can protect your trip from the unexpected at AllianzTravelInsurance.com. This election season, you can expect to hear a lot of news, some of it meaningful, much of it not. Give the Up First podcast 15 minutes, sometimes a little less, and we'll help you sort it out what's going on around the world and at home. Three stories, 15 minutes, Up First every day. Listen every morning, wherever you get your podcasts.